0: Well, welcome back to another episode of The Farm, I'm sitting down with Dr. Scott Lynn, the man, the myth, the legend.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've been doing it for uh, quite a while. Again, with, uh, why don't you kind of give a background, and then I kind of want to talk about uh, how we originally kind of met, and then also, too, why we're having you on, and I think that you know, you'll know you be such an input for baseball. So
1: Cool, yeah. I'm uh, originally from Canada. Uh, grew up big Toronto Blue Jays fan, always will be. Um mm-hmm. And Someone's got to be. Gotta be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got a whole country behind us. Um, so I grew up in Canada, did uh, my PhD, all of my schooling up there, and I did it in orthopedic biomechanics. So it was related to, like, knee arthritis and stuff like that. And I woke up one day saying, you know, this, this doesn't fire me up to get out of bed every day and study old people with bad knees. Um, it's, it's valuable research. I learned a lot, a lot of cool stuff. Um, but then I had the opportunity after my PhD to get a job down in California where they would allow me to do sports-related uh, biomechanics, which... Um, couldn't really get a job in Canada doing that. So, moved down there. I've been a golfer my whole life, I'm a golf nut. Um, mm. And so, I started doing golf biomechanics uh, at Cal State Fullerton University in 2008. Worked there for a while, and then in 2015 got hooked up with this company called Swing Catalyst. Um, as an academic, you know, publishing papers that end up in academic journals that nerds like me read and nobody else. And maybe you're now reading <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. that, that kind of lost its luster for me, too. I wanted to work with real athletes and, and work in the real world with coaches. And um, and Swing Catalyst has given me that opportunity. Um, and Swing Catalyst is a company that measures ground forces and, you know, talking to coaches in the golf world and the baseball, where everybody's like, oh, it starts from the ground up, like you got to use mm-hmm. the ground better. And I was like, "But what does that mean? Yeah. Um, And no one could tell me. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) And so I started in my lab at Cal State Fullerton measuring ground forces. And I did a study in, I think this was around 2012, um, where I took two NCAA division one golf programs. So these are all kids that are shooting under par all the time, they're plus handicaps, they're really good golfers. And I measured all their ground reaction forces. And then I went into my uh, kinesiology class. These are all young athletic kids. And I said, if you've never had a formal golf lesson but you may have been to the driving range with your dad or whatever, you whacked a few balls at top golf or whatever, you can be a subject in this study. Mm. So I had these beginners, athletic young kids who never really played golf before and these experts. And I got them in the lab and I measured all their ground reaction forces. And then I started looking at the curves and I was like, oh man. Hmm. I actually went to my buddy uh, one of my colleagues who's a biomechanist and understands all the graphs and yeah. stuff and I put two graphs in front of him and I said guess which one is the pro or the, the like elite athlete or the, the NCAA player and guess which one's the beginner hmm. and he gets wrong a lot of times
0: that's interesting
1: um, and so we don't like what it means to use the ground. I don't think we really understood that. And, and the thing is what I've started to learn is, is human beings are very extremely variable Yeah. because through swing catalysts, we've been able to measure some of the top golfers in the world and they all do things slightly differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and so understanding how each person uses the ground or needs to use the ground to produce an efficient outcome is, is a really complicated problem. Um, and in golf, it's really complicated and the ball's just sitting there. Now in baseball, well, the ball's moving around, the guy's trying to fool you with his arm angles and it's like, so the, uh, we're, we're embarking on a pretty difficult problem to solve here. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, I think, you know, some people would get, um, and it was the same thing in golf. When I started telling golf teachers, you know, everybody's different and people would get the the coaches that got overwhelmed by that. and like, Oh, that's so hard. Like, I just want to teach the same thing to everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's your, your mindset, you're not going to be very good.
0: Yeah. And I, I, and I think that's a great point is, going into that like I, I said this to somebody yesterday it's just like i got obsessed with getting guys results quicker right right and so with that i understood that um at the end of the day like if you're teaching the same thing to every single guy and i know it's easier but also too if you got into a place where you're like i've arrived this is my information and i'm good and i'm like this lifelong learner you know is not in your mentality um i, I, I really i had a guy yesterday for uh, when we're utilizing the farm boards right and he was saying for the life of me every time i hit the board constantly pushes back towards the catcher. Like I can't get it to create torque. Yeah. I can't get it to go behind me. Yeah. And he's like, I've been trying. He's like, he's like, you know, I've had it for over six months. I can't get it to happen. So we got in the cage three swings later, he starts creating torque. And he's, and I was like, I was like, immediately I got him out of a squat, got him more into a hinge. And I was like, Hey, like, I was like, you know, turn your nuts towards the catcher, you know, (laughs) like, you know, turn your nuts towards the catcher. And then boom, all of a sudden he started creating torque. And I'm like, and he's like, Whoa, that's different. And I'm like, we did that in three swings. You know, but it's like,
1: and to me, that's what the best golf teachers do, Mm -hmm. right? the best golf teachers have all this information and but they don't convey it to the mm-hmm. to the golfer or to yeah. the hitter, right? Yeah. They have that super simple cue that they're like, oh that's yeah. easy just do this and then boom yeah. and then it happens and yeah. and it's funny like, you know, a lot of people complain about, uh, oh that golf teacher charges like $300 yeah, an yeah, hour yeah. and he hardly did anything. I'm like, you're yeah. not paying for the 300, that hour, No. you're paying for the it's a plumber. years of work yeah. they put in, yeah. right? It's to like, or it's a, or like a or lawyer, engi- right? Or
0: an engineer, right? Yeah. They always say that. It's like, you're not I, I might have come and like tightened a bolt, right? It might have been one bolt, but you're not paying for me tightening the bolt no you're, you're paying for you for knowing what bolt the titan yeah. and also to not to destroy this the rest of it as well by 100%. trying to figure out what's actually wrong and i always say like it's almost like again like going to a really skilled uh doctor yeah. right because because now let's say you go to a lower end uh hitting instructor that's cheaper not to say there isn't a good hitting instructors out there that charge less totally. right but what happens is is then you might be paying and working because i was the guy that like, I work like crazy, still have the same mentality now, but I was very blue collar. And so I would work like crazy. Work ethic was insane, but I was working hard against myself. Right. I was working in the wrong direction. Yep. So now you have all that money, all that time, all those things committed. And you, yes, you paid this other guy. But again, like with that, like he said, he's been trying for six months to do X. Yep. I did it in three swings within 10 minutes. Yep. Right. It's just like whoa okay that's that that's where i'm like how much do i appreciate my time and how again i'm paying for a specialist in a certain area that, that knows information where it's like you know again like i might come over and they can fix my toilet or again i could have somebody come over and, and it might only take them 20 minutes but they're so knowledgeable that that's why it does take them least yeah. amount of time
1: and i think that happens in golf too like you, yeah. I've, I've heard golfers go to a golf teacher and say man i've been working on this thing for like six months or yeah. eight months and i i'm just getting worse and i'm not playing mm-hmm. well and i'm like Dude, we got to try something different. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Well,
0: and I think that's a big piece. Is, is is it's super important there as well is just being like, okay, the difference. One thing in like golf, a lot uh, they tend to play longer. Yeah. Right. You can play longer. Well, in baseball, like, dude, you got a really tight timetable, totally. right? Totally. So your time is not Like for example, that kid I was working with yesterday, he played at Clemson. Yeah. Um, he got to the big. Uh, he got drafted. He was like a mid rounder guy. I think he was like fifteenth round or something like that. And uh, he played. In the, he played his first year in minor league ball, and he batted like one fifty. And he's like, dude, like what I was doing before wasn't working. Not working. You know, again, and, and then also too, and I was like, hey, well, also I want you to think back to this. When you were playing in, when you were playing in college, would, did you normally hit their number one guy? Or did you hit their bullpen? Or did you hit their number two, number three, number four guy? Where when you get in the pro ball, you're facing everybody's number one. Right. Right? And then you go to the next level, you face the number ones of the number ones. And right. then you face the number ones of the number, and the, everybody had the pin is also the, nasty.
1: Unbelievable. right yeah. So then
0: you got all those together where... Where you used to get away with these things yeah. is now you can no longer get away with them. Yeah. And then a guy like him, he's like, Man, I got like you, I got two years and I'm in the queue. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. You know, so it's like if you don't figure out in the next two years, it's like, so why do you pay what you pay? Why do you make the investments that you do? Is because if you don't figure it out in the next two years, like you're in trouble.
1: hundred percent. You know,
0: and, and so for guys like that, that timetable is so tight, is I do need a specialist. It's like it's like if I told you that you were gonna die in six months if you didn't do something, right? You're gonna go like, Hey, I'm gonna spend this money. Let's do it. Right? Because this is it, right? Like this is the, I I don't have time, right? So I need a specialist that's, I'm not going to go to a general doctor that, you know, it's like, no, 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 I'm not, this isn't, I got the flu or what I'm I'm going to die if I don't figure out, you know, what this is. And again, maybe it's a certain uh, type of surgery. He's really skilled at this type of surgery or what this looks like. And I think that that's super important is like, that's why there is the separation there of like, you know, cost or, you know, these guys are expensive, but you you get what you pay for.
1: Totally. A hundred percent. And they're the education now that golf teachers have put in. And I think I mean, we always talk about baseballs slightly behind golf in yeah. terms of this yep. kind of stuff, because um, we've been studying this for a while, and I think, yeah. I think it, it really started when this guy named Chris Como got to be Tiger's coach, and mm-hmm. he had a master's in biomechanics, and uh-huh. so being Tiger's coach is the top job in golf. That makes sense. And once he got it, all the other golf teachers were like, oh man, we, man, gotta we got to, stuff, I I to learn about this stuff. I guess if we're going to keep up, right? Yep. And so. I think, you know, when guys like you and Justin Stone start making real big yep. differences in the game, then yep. the other coaches are going to be like, man, if I want to yeah. be good, I got to know this. Well, thing. and I think
0: that's the thing is like if you experience it, right? Like if you're there in person, like I had guys standing around the cage when mm-hmm. I was working with this kid. And like you hear his story and he's like, and I again, you get a guy like I, I actually texted Monty this morning, the head coach of Clemson, yeah. and I sent him the video of me and him and together. And he's yeah. like, he's like, whoa. that's like, different." And I'm like, he's like, I'm happy you guys are working together. I'm like, no, 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 no. This was 10 minutes. Right. You know, like, yeah, yeah, this was 10 minutes late. This is, I only worked with him for a very, like, you know, within 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, so we, 10 minutes of this, this is where he was already moving. Yeah. That's right. That's good. And they, and, and so with that, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that I can fix anybody at any time. Like, you know, but I'm, what I'm saying is I'm less wrong than I was yesterday. Sure. Right. And, and again, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. And we were talking about this with the coach earlier is that you have to be willing, like in this other side, like, you know, like. I know it makes you feel uncomfortable that like, you know, I think it was um, a famous quote. I think it was uh, Lou Gehrig. I think it was like, it's amazing how you can be playing a game your entire life and how little you know about it. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I think that's the same thing is like understanding that is like, every i don't believe that when i'm when i'm dead i'm like oh you know what i've learned everything there is to know about baseball there'll still be so many people that need to stand on my shoulders and again we'll continue to learn
1: 100%. so i have this
0: thought of a you know abundance like when you look into that is it's just like there's never enough information there's totally. always more and it's like there's always more context to understand when where who and um, I, I think for so long in baseball they've seen things go really bad um, where you know it's like that um it's that one uh, psychologist who came up with that with that curve right which is like the confidence and competence uh, yeah. curve where like at first you don't know very much but your confidence is super high totally. and then it plummets as you learn as, more and more yeah, yeah <laughs> and it plummets and then i again i don't think it's just like a steady up right sure. it's like back and forth as totally. you learn and you realize how many guys you messed up then your confidence drops again yeah. but your competence is further along yeah. and and so i think that that's super important is like you know within that is like understanding that is like i i told guys when that we start talking about ground force i'm like it's okay that you don't know totally right because how would you know like no. force plates are crazy expensive yeah they're also too to get the ones that we need for our sport are even more expensive yeah. and i was like and also too there's not a lot of information out there so the fact that you don't know it shouldn't if you look at it from places like curiosity and you're excited yeah like you should say, man, this is a whole new way that I can get athletes better. Rather than I'm a lesser coach because I didn't know this. I don't expect you to know this. No. Right? And and I also told them, like, I don't expect you to have, you know, an $80,000 force plate or, look, I've got that force plate so I can give you information and also help move the game in that direction where now if a lot of people are buying force plates, the prices start going down, the technology 100%. gets more advanced. There's all these things that end up happening. But if you understand the business size, like the supply and demand have to meet yeah. you know, to make these things happen. No, right? totally.
1: And I think every sport, I think the way that it evolves is that most coaches start as being good players. So you were a good player when you were young. I was okay. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's what most well, coaches are. Like if you look at the Division major one, leagues. I was
0: still, you know, top, top 1%, you know, but yeah. compared to some other guys I played with. But sure.
1: I think that's how most sports, like golf is the same way. Most yeah. of the coaches were really good players when they were young. Mm. They knew what they did to yeah. become good. Yep. And then they just go and teach that. Yeah. And, and a really good analogy, I, I did a lot of work with a friend of mine who's a motor learning expert. And he was the motor learning expert for the U.S. Olympic team um, or the U.S. track and field team who trade on a Chula Vista, California. Um, and shot putters, there's two ways to shot put. There's the, the spinny way and mm. then there's the glider way where they mm. start at the back and they just kind of glide across a circle and throw. Okay.
0: I've always and I seen remember, the spinning way.
1: Yeah. And I think I think mm-hmm. eventually they figured out that now the spinning way is optimal yeah. and everybody's yeah. a spinner. But I remember yeah. when I was first working with him, this was when the London Olympic happened in 2012. We loaded up the London Olympic final for shot putting and there was like 12 guys in it and there were six spinners and six gliders. Mm-hmm. And I asked him the question, if I'm a shot putter and I show up at the Olympic training center and say, I want to learn how to shot, but how do I decide what I do? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, basically your coach, they would assign you to a coach. And your coach, if they were a glider when they were good, they would teach mm. gliding. And if they were a spinner when they were good, they would teach yep. spinning. But they don't do any assessment on the human to determine yeah, what's, what's best for best them. them. Yeah. And so I think that's what happens in most sports. That's what happens in golf. Yeah. Um, and there are some really good coaches. I've been around good coaches that that just know. Hey, I kind of teach this. Yep. And they work on the tour. And I, I've been around this guy. He's like guys come up to me all the time and say, Hey, can you help me? And he's like, no, man, I can't help you. Your Mm -hmm. pattern doesn't match what I teach.
0: Yeah. That's a pretty smart way to teach. Yeah. We actually brought that up yesterday. I said, I said, here's the deal. Like, think of it like martial arts. Like if you're a karate instructor and I came up to you and I want to learn jujitsu, you would be doing me a disservice by trying to teach me jujitsu, right? Because you don't know how to teach. So I I understand when coaches are like, when someone like someone brought it up to me earlier, like, Hey, I had one of my players, he brought in some stuff from you on Twitter. And he was saying like, you know, he want to learn how to kick back. Right. Well, like, I, he didn't really understand it right? right and he doesn't understand why that happens and he look so he's like he basically was telling the kid like i'm not going to teach it to you but which is i think was good the communication obviously is super important and how you do that but if you take that as like an insecurity of being like well i don't know jujitsu, it's like well it's okay like you're a karate instructor but in that moment the best thing to say is like okay i, I can't teach you that let me get some resources for you if you would to like to that, know yeah. this but awesome. but on the other end of that don't stop there, right? Like, go learn, right? Totally. Like, if you want to be a mixed martial arts coach, right? Like, if go you learn it like, all, go yeah. learn it all, right? You got to, yeah. you got to understand when there's a time to karate kick, there's a time to do, you know, muay thai, there's a time for jujitsu, there's a time for wrestling, there's a time for boxing techniques, and you got to understand all of those different things. And I always say with like a, you know, a kickback or a scissor within baseball, which is like the term that we've given it, yeah. right, is that you got to understand why it happens so you can understand when it doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. And then we used to always say, well, maybe he's kicking back under the hood and. We were talking about is he's creating torque,
1: but you right? Can't see it. But we
0: can't see it, right. right? And that's why, again, measuring you know ground force, why it's mm-hmm. so important yeah. is like understanding that, and that's why a lot of times when I'm pointing out kickbacks, it's like, dude, that guy creates a lot of torque, right? And it's like if it's. You know, it's just like anything else. If it's not in sequence, it's not on time. It, you know, it could also always be bad. There's the, so many yeah, factors. The, yeah, the, the, the principle is still there where, like, again, if a guy's diving to his front foot and he's, like, super early on a pitch and you see the foot kick back behind him because there's no friction holding his back leg yeah. into the ground, it's like, and there's no pressure in the back leg, yeah, he's going to kick back too. Um, but... Um, that doesn't mean that that's necessarily a good move or I want all my guys to do that. But it's just understanding what the forces are at play at totally. that time. You know? And
1: I, I did a, uh, that really makes me think of, I did a postdoc with a guy named Stuart McGill up in Canada. I'm sure mm. you've heard of him, the yeah. l- core stability, low back injury prevention yeah. expert. Okay. And I remember he told me, if you lined up 10 people with low back pain, everybody yeah. said, oh, low back pain yeah, in low front back of me. Pain. And I gave yep. him all the same uh, yep. exercise. Mm-hmm. He's like, I might help four of them. Yep. He's like, I'll probably put four of them in the hospital. Yep. And I'll probably do nothing to two of them. 100%. And so as a good coach, you should know who's who or have some way of figuring out who's who before you give them that drill or that technique or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think I, I respect those coaches who say, you know what, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know what, I can't help you go see this guy. Yeah. I mean, I that's, respect it, that.
0: that. That's a security, like, I mean, you have to be pretty secure as a coach to like, you know, like again, like, and especially too, where like in baseball, I also understand where it's really hard financially. Yeah. So like a lot of guys are really like, eh, about yeah. sending guys away, but like with that, right? But then if that coach is sending you guys Now you have a reciprocal relationship here, right? Where it's like, hey, uh, this guy's really good at this, right? You should go talk to this guy or study his stuff, right? Or at the end of the day,
1: if you're a coach, I would say acutely, yes, do that. Mm -hmm. But for the next guy who comes along with that problem, Let's study that stuff. So we know how to help them next time. That doesn't
0: have to be the forever and always, right? But it could be for the right now saying, hey, I'm still studying these things. I don't super understand it yet, right? Um, And again, like, but I'm not going to stop there, right? Like, there is information out there. There is other things you can go search out. And so, like, a lot of guys, it's funny because a lot of guys, some guy asked me earlier, he was like, oh, what do you guys do? And one coach goes, you know the kickback? Yeah, this this guy right here, and he's like gave it to me, and I'm like, well, I didn't create the kickback. No. Guy's been kicking back and scissoring for forever, 100%. forever since the beginning of time. Yeah, right. Like I got I got videos of Babe Ruth kicking back. It's just like you know, what I'm saying like all, Lou Gehrig, all these guys, right? Like these, these guys have all been kicking back for real. like I didn't create torque, right? right? It's like I just pointed it out, yeah. like and I and I wasn't the first guy to point it out. Nope. There has been other coaches. I just had gone deeper into a lot of the science of understanding why it happens because I was talking about it like being like a doctor, like, you know, I I need. For me to accurately prescribe something to you, I need to understand what's really going on with the body more and more, right? And I go into, you know, that's a lot of things there, right? First off, you got skill acquisition, you got uh, anatomy, you also got physiology, right? You got biomechanics, you got all of these different sciences, right? Yeah. And, we, and we, I think a lot of times when we study things, we, and especially in school, we like to break things into pieces so that we can better understand it. But the problem is, is nature doesn't know the pieces. No. It's one, yeah. right? And we break it into pieces so that we can understand, but we forget we have to put it back together, right? right? And blend all of them together, right? Where I I try to have a background in a lot of these things, right? To create like, you know, like basically a curriculum for a coach, right? Is understanding like, I do need to have a background in kinesiology. I do need to have a background in biomechanics. I do need to have a background. And that's not scary, right? It's scary and it's daunting because it looks like a, you know, Mount Everest when you're away from it. But it's like, it's one step at a time and a little bit more information and a little bit more information. And again, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be 30 years, 20 years, right? It's like when we're intentional, it's like going to college in that same way. Like, it's like, okay, I want to learn about something very specific or yeah. a certificate. I want to learn something very uh, specific. Well, I can do that, right? And it, and it doesn't have to be so daunting or so scary and, and, and I don't have to take it as uh, this is my identity is now being torn away because I thought I knew all these things. Right. Um, and like, I always tell guys, that, like first you need to remove the, the psychology side is you need to remove yourself from the identity of the, with the knowledge because I'm wrong all the time. Uh-huh. And so if you, you need to stop identifying with information so that you able to change your mind and say, Hey, there's better information. And I was wrong and that's okay. That is okay. Right. And I'm happy. I'm not going to be wrong tomorrow right. rather than dying on this hill here. Yep. Right. And just, you know, it's like, I want to help players more than I want to be right. Yeah. And, and no, And that
1: I've been doing education courses for golf teachers for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I was in Australia doing one with a really famous golf teacher and he got up there and started talking about something and a guy put his hand up in the crowd. He's like, dude, I came to see you like 10 years ago and you said this, and now you're saying this, like what the fuck? Yep. And I, and I stood up and I was like, dude, you want to learn from the guy who tells you, yeah, 10 years ago, I thought this, but I I don't think that anymore. You don't want to learn from the guy who says, yeah, the world's flat. Like,
0: yeah. Well, (laughs) well, and also too, from the thing of being like, you know, I I always tell guys is like, first off. I don't agree with anybody. I think it's actually Kanye West said this first, so I like take that. But I, but I always say I don't agree with, uh, I, I def, I don't agree with anybody 100 percent of the time. Right. Right. But I definitely also don't agree with myself all the time. There's like I, I, I will look back, you know, two months ago, a year ago, and I'll see how I said something or when I said it or whatever those other things, and I'm like, eh. yeah Yeah, like okay I had pieces then and I got more and then I I got a better way of illustrating it that's why that didn't hold up that's why again I helped 4 coaches but I didn't help 10 coaches right like I didn't understand it even more and so like I'm willing to admit I'm wrong and again like on the other side of that it's like I understand because I am you know so passionate and all those other things is it can come off like I'm 100% right it's like no I'm convicted in what I I currently understand currently yeah but I'm also where if you're uh, there's that book that came out by Adam Grant which is uh, think again and he just talks about again like with that is like I'm willing to think again, present if there's different information that I understood. And again, like, again, bringing it back to swing, uh, swing catalyst. So once I got the force plates, like I realized that I had pieces of things, but that got me some affirmations in some areas, Mm -hmm. uh, certain areas, but also where I was wrong in certain areas. Right. Well, I was one of those guys that was like zero horizontal force. Like I hated horizontal force. Right. Um, And then even when we used the farm board, it was like, Hey, I don't want this to move back at all. Yeah. Right. And then as I started using the boards, I'm like, literally I can't hit. Without a little bit of horizontal, like I I need a little bit of horizontal force, right? And so like understanding that, and then also understanding that there's differences, like for example, like when you guys measure horizontal force, like heel-toe compared to left-right, right, right, or catcher-to-pitcher, right? Now, now, again, when we're measuring torque,
1: there's different types of of horizontal force,
0: right? And I think that that's like been so big for me educational-wise of being like, oh, okay, like I can't just say horizontal force now because what... What Which vector? one am I talking about? Yeah, what, right? am, I, what am I talking about? And same about, with right? torque. Like, you yeah. talk about
1: the torque as the kickback, yep. like scissoring. Yep. We call it like a, a, it's a force couple, basically, yes, where exactly. you're pretty, like, I talk about twisting the lid off a water, water bottle, right? I push in one direction, the other yep. direction with my thumb. Yep. That's one way to produce torque. You can also yep. produce torque by just putting your foot on the ground and twisting. And that'd twisting. be like the, the, put out the cigarette or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Or yep. Um, yep. So there's different ways to create rotation as Absolutely. well, um, sure. and so understanding all those and what's ideal for each person, I think yep. is great. And yep. I think what I've determined, I mean, what we call it in science, because if I took every base, say it was possible to me for me to get every major league player hitter on the plate, yep. and I measured all of their stuff and I mm-hmm. plotted all their graphs, it would be all over, all over the, the place. place. Like there would be dots everywhere. Yeah, and but, so, there,
0: but there would be. Well and in science also yeah. buckets. In right? science
1: what we call buckets is cluster analysis. Yep. So you mm. have to cluster, you put yep. a little like a circle around these yep. ones and say, okay, based on these factors, yep. that's the reason why this works for, for these sure. people. For sure. Um and That's Mm. what, I mean, basically human beings can move in three possible planes, right? Mm -hmm. We can move in the sagittal plane, the frontal plane, and the transverse Transverse. plane. Mm -hmm. So towards and away from the catcher, which we call like horizontal force or gliding or sliding, I don't know what they call it in baseball. um, That'd be a frontal plane move, right? And then torque or rotation would be a transverse plane move. Mm -hmm. And then like jumping, which is sagittal plane. Um, And that's something that we've learned a ton about in golf. Like Mm -hmm. when I was a little kid growing up learning golf, if you, like, if your feet were, like, leaving the ground when you were hitting, like, coaches would get on their hands and knees and hold, hold your feet you on there. the ground. And yep. Say, like, this is not basketball. Stay yep. on the ground. Like, yep. don't Stand jump. Yep. you got to use the ground, yep. right? What they didn't know is yep. that kid was freaking using the ground. Yep. And you took it yep. away from him.
0: Which, which, which makes sense. I get this, though, too, right? Let's say if I was a transverse guy. Yeah. And then I see his feet jumping up like that. Yeah. Right? I'm like... No 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 like my best guy doesn't do that. Yeah, So, so let's I don't leave want him you ground. to do that, yeah. right? Even though that other guy could be, you know, again like for example like he's using he's a big vertical guy, yeah. right? And he uses that a ton, right? And then also too, I also understand where the same thing where um, there's this other idea where like just because a guy, uh, and I get it, like just like you said, if I get a whole bunch of pros, and I you know, do my like, cluster analysis, okay, they are all have these different buckets, but also, if I take a different um, study, or what do they call it, like a study group, like a certain yep. uh, group of individuals, right? Okay, now if I also take my guys, I call them like test-of-time guys. They've yep. been in the league for 10 years, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And they've lost athleticism and strength. Okay, well, now how do those guys plot? Mm-hmm. And also, because of most studies, um, how often do you have access to elite guys like that, like yeah. a Hall no of Famer, chance, ever. almost never, yeah. right? They don't want you with the Biomax. He's like, dude, leave that guy alone. Yeah. Don't touch my best player, right? Mm-hmm. And then... Um and then also if you do have the data most of the time you have to sign ndas and you can't yeah. release it and you can't you know can't do a lot of these things right so i also think it's super important a lot of people will point out these studies and I, I i'm like i have a different take on like the peer-reviewed stuff like peer-reviewed stuff it's awesome right I, I i get the process i get why it has to be there the problem is is it's always like 10 years behind in my opinion 100%. it's always so far behind totally. right and it's always with like novice groups right like don't get me wrong you can you can get uh, they'll get like mid-level college guys but also too I'm talking about like okay well yeah but I want to see what the best do you know again the most efficient guys do yeah. where like I know at a college level I got pretty good athletes and I know as a trainer that there, there's a lot of ways that these guys are compensating totally. um to create these forces so am I going to go teach them to do all the things that college guys do well there's a reason that this guy probably won't make it past this mid-level college or this JUCO or whatever this yeah. is right and he just happens to be um a really good athlete and and even too like I have guys that make it all the way to the big leagues all the way to the big leagues, and then they stroke their first year, yeah. right? The league adjusts to them, and now they can't hit. Right. Right? And it's just like, well, this is just. Ha- this is what we do mm-hmm. right and so like that was a that was a big issue right, right. like that was a big issue it's like dude he made it all the way to the league and then started struggling well like that's a problem right. is that there's something going on in there where again like the pressure on the pipes like it's like the pipe was always leaking but when i put pressure on the pipe now i see where it sprays yeah. and then everybody's like "Well, man i told you he couldn't hit and they start coming up with all these things uh, you know like the money ball thing like he doesn't have a hot girlfriend he doesn't have confidence it's <laughs> like okay hold on we're just we're just He's put his hat on backwards, yeah yeah and, and then and then you get accused pocket. like in baseball like i get accused a lot of uh i get accused a lot of like, oh, like a big movement guy, right? I'm all about movement, right? And it's like, well, I explained the to guys too. It's like, well, I'm a hitting coach and I'm about approach. And so I told the guys, I was like, okay, so, but here's the difference. Like if you change the approach, you change how he moves because yeah. it's an external goal, totally. right? So if I change the external cue or the external goal, right? Where I'm sitting on a pitch or I'm looking for a curveball or I'm, or I'm, I'm X, Y, and Z, whatever that is, mm-hmm. right? That's going to change how I move. Yeah. So you can't just purely classify it as, oh, I, I talk a bunch about, about about approach and I touch a, a bunch about movement. So that means I'm a hitting coach or, a, or I'm a swing coach or a sorry, swing coach to a hitting coach, right? And there's these these two different bipolar mm. spots where I'm like, no, no, no. Like when I'm working on movement, when I know how the guy moves, that's how I design his approach, mm-hmm. right? So for certain guys, I'm telling them, hey, I want you to top spin a ground ball to the second baseman. And that's what he's thinking about in the box. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy do that in uh, pro ball. It's so funny. I was like, hey, I want you to t- think about top spinning a ground ball to the second baseman every AB. He hit like three home runs that day and a double, right? Mm. And he's like, the whole time it was crazy. I'm thinking about hitting a top spin ground ball to second baseman. But I gave him that because I knew how he moved. And I knew how typically he likes to compensate. So I told him again. The reason I told him top spin was I wanted him to think down right. without thinking down because when I told him think down, he like exaggerated it. Yeah. So I think think about hitting the top of the ball, right? Yeah. It helped him slot the barrel higher, right? It helped him do these other things. And then also too, thinking right side helped him stay square and not yeah. spin and not create just torque in one direction, yeah. right? And it w- it was more reciprocal, right? That's good. And so I designed his approach around how he moved. I didn't just does give them a random approach that i give to everybody else and then the same thing right it works for four guys but it doesn't work for 10. yeah right? and, so. and the
1: best part about using the science is the feel versus the real is yeah. like i mean there's no way he you know yeah. hit the top of the ball he didn't no, 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 no he way didn't. but that no, feel sure. got him to do what he needed to do and exactly so it's uh no that that's and that's what best coaches do in in yeah. you know they figure out the cues that work for each person mm-hmm. um and that's that's really important that you can figure out and you're willing to adapt because like If you have one guy today and this cue works for him, Mm -hmm. and the next day somebody comes in with a similar problem, that same cue might not work. Because in their brain, you might have to come up with, okay, what I want you to do is, you know, whatever it is, right? You yeah. got to come up with different ways of saying things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's what the best coaches have is they have enough tools in their toolbox, right? You don't yeah. want a plumber to come to you with just a screwdriver and be like, okay. That's all I got to work yeah, with that's Yeah, that's all yeah, exactly. I got, right?
0: And I, and I think that's super important as well. Like when we go into, um, like you're talking about, is like certain things, I, cause it, it can get into, it's like, okay, well, you know, uh, Joey, you gotta be able to work with guys that are creating a lot of vertical force or a lot of horizontal force and torque. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm obsessed with um efficiency right right i'm obsessed with efficiency so i just as i've been getting deeper and deeper into the physics side i'm like torque and principle it's like that's rotational force yep. like that that is what we use for everything and now get me wrong there's other ways to create rotation yeah but that's by far just from a base level of physics like That's like the number one way that we create rotation with everything we do. And so I I gave the example, like I literally stood there with that water bottle, like I told you, and I kept hitting the top and kept hitting the top. And then finally it opened up, right? And I'm like, so I could do it. Right? And also, too, like even within vertical force, I'm not saying vertical force is not important. Also, with that is like it's really important, especially for your front leg, of yeah. like how we're transferring force and energy up my body. Yeah. Um, and oh, we're, we're going into those vectors. But also, with that is like when it happens in sequence, all these other totally. things. And um, really, more than anything, I've always with the you know, farm boards, for example, I actually, before I even knew about torque, I was all talking about vertical force. Right. And then I learned torque even though I was talking about torque the whole time yeah. but I was talking about kickbacks yeah. and vertical force. Right. Right. I wanted to say vertical and then so and then and then uh, then I learned torque, right? And then also with that like I hated horizontal force but I didn't know right until I started it. watching Justin yeah. Stone's place. Yeah. And then I and then I started to learn like okay, but I was right about some things within horizontal force. Yeah. Right. I was large I was largely right after where I was, right? Because I had farm boards and these other things to give me some other things. Yeah. But there was stuff that I was missing. Sure. Right. But there was more. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's what we talk about in golf, like those three planes of movement, right? So you got the horizontal, the vertical and the torque. Yep. And literally I think teaching a movement is, is tuning those forces to the person. Yeah. So like if I have this microphone and I'm going to sing, I can't sing to save my life, but Mm -hmm. say I was going to sing, you know, you would make some noise and then you'd twist those dials to make it sound better. And like, it's not just taking all three dials and cranking them them up to full speed, right? Because that doesn't make you sound good either. And so, and everybody's gonna be different, right? People's different voices are gonna need different adjustments to make it optimal. And and now in, in baseball, like, you know do i need a different adjustment to hit the low and outside curveball and a different adjustment to the high and inside fastball probably yeah right i yeah. need to have that that flexibility which makes baseball even yeah. way more well, difficult and and
0: it. i also say this as well like for example I'll go back to the mma example yeah okay well most mma fighters know muay thai and Jitsu. yeah right those are like bases why because those cover those for striking muay thai has been it's pretty elite yeah. right now don't get me wrong there's a time for a karate kick. Sure. There's time for boxing. There's yeah. time for these other striking techniques, but largely Muay Thai's knees, elbows, all these other things you yeah. can do in Muay th- uh, and, and where these other um, uh, disciplines don't do. Right. Right. And then, yeah, I learned some karate. I learned some spinning stuff. I learned some, you know, again, if I was to go into different martial arts, but, and then when I go to the ground, jujitsu is by far, mm-hmm. you know, again, very technical. All these are things where it's like, I'm not muscling guys. And like it, 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 it's superior in techniques. Now, again I still learn those other things so I think that that's super important is like when you go into it, it's like I need to know how to create vertical I need to know how to create horizontal and use some of those forces when I'm again like I, I explain like horizontal like especially when you talk about the front leg where if I want to buy some more time or I'm trying to get to a, 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 a breaking ball or something like that where I might be leaking and controlling my drift forward mm-hmm. so I can get to a certain angle and I'm like that can also be really powerful as well now with that that's not that's not the, that's not where I would start, sure. right? That'd be like an additional fine fine tune, yeah. right? But first, we got to understand how to create torque, right? Yeah. Like let's say in the basics of ro- you know basics of rotation. Well, I want to rotate harder, right? And I want to create more rotational force. Well, if I can't create any torque and I'm terrible at creating torque, well yeah, that's probably, that's probably like, I'm going to get that to a general level sure. before we start doing all these fine tuning. It's I like, like, it. like at least, at least turn the power onto the mic, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like you fine tuned everything, Plug it in but first. yeah, you got no power. <laughs> like, like, you know, so it's like, it's like, like I've never had a guy that is terrible in horizontal force, terrible in horizontal. I mean, sorry, terrible and uh, torque force and only has horizontal and only has vertical. And I'm like, Oh, that guy has a that ton of power. Well, right. Like, you know, like it's like he has a general level of torque still. You know what sure. I'm saying? Or again, even as he's creating horizontal, it's helping him generate torque when he yep. hits the ground and he can transfer it into that. Right? It's like it's like the guy, for a guy to have zero. It's, yeah. like, you it's, know, it's like it's like, impossible. It's impossible like, to not no, to create I, that. And force, I've, right?
1: and I've I've seen that. Like, there's a guy in LA who's a, a big golf teacher named George Genkis, and he's a real rotational teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. and he's a real rotational teacher, and he gets yeah. into these arguments with other teachers who like a little bit of a glide. glide. And he's Like, yeah. oh, I want to rotate. And yeah. then I got a lot of his players on the. And I was like, dude, they have a significant amount of horizontal. It's impossible to take an implement and hit something with a a flat line. It's impossible. You always have some of each. Exactly. And it's just altering the timings or the positions. But I Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Like if you you have a very small amount
0: unless you got on a plate. Totally. Like he, he's going from his eyes, yep. right? He's going he's going from his eyes. I think this might be Justin Stone blowing me up. Let's Uh-oh. see. Oh, no, <laughs> Um No, yeah, so uh, he, he's going from his eyes and how, what he's taught and what he's learned for yep. so long. And I was the same way, right? I'm going from what I taught, what I learned, what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm using farm boards, and I'm understanding that. I'm like, okay, I don't want this. And also, too, one thing from skill acquisition is I want to exaggerate things yep. so that the, the player can feel it. Totally. Then I go back to the normal swing. I don't know he's created a little bit of horizontal force, right? Yeah. I know that he's largely creating torque, right? Yeah. Or he's largely doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so that's why, again, when I got on the plate, I'm like, oh, well that that makes me be a better coach. Where I'm like, totally. okay, there's gonna be a little bit. Yeah. right? And it helps me use the farm board better because I'm like, hey, there's gonna be a little bit. There's gonna be a little bit of this. Sure. But just like uh, Stone is talking about as well, is like, well, I also learned about horizontal where, yeah, I don't want this spike up, right? Where a lot of, well, I guess what I'm looking for is again, like Stone like was talking about, line. that flat line yeah. where I get a little bit, but then I control it during my forward move, yeah. right? And so there's this other things as well like that is specific where, again, I'm not just, um, I always talk about it like if my job was to just get a med ball and throw it against the wall as hard as I could, well, that's more like pitching, yeah. right? I got to throw it to a general area, yeah. right? But a, the force is super important yeah. where it's like where I'm, when I'm hitting, I'm reacting to something. So I got to yeah. be able to do a lot of things and your, your bandwidth, uh, you got to be able to cover uh, multiple different planes and things like that as well. Yeah. But most hitters don't even do that. Like sure. most hitters only hit, they have hot and cold zones and yep. they can only cover certain yep. things because of a lot of different reasons. But I think that's that's super important is that like, again, like that's why it was such groundbreaking for me is like, okay, yeah, but I'm adding that to my arsenal, yep. right? But I started... The same way is like with things like that i sure. got more and more into ground force by understanding and watching how guys w- use the ground then um i'm seeing that their back foot wasn't squishing the bug like yeah. uh, everybody taught <laughs> for so long and I'm i mean like, it, it, wow. it, it it is yeah. everybody's doing it it's, yeah.
1: that's another force that everybody is doing like yes. we ha- now have our dual golf plates and, and yep. everybody has some of that squishing the bug yes. you can't see it yes with your eyes it's yes. there yes. do you cue it I don't know. Right? Maybe and with some people, maybe like with other well, people. And I, no.
0: and I always say the same thing too. It's not that I, I tell guys, it's not that I don't want the back foot to turn in, right? At one point, I was completely like, hey, I don't want the back foot to turn in. Yeah, I yeah. want you to keep it sideways the whole time, yeah, right? Yeah. And then I started understanding you know, ankles and hips yeah, and, yeah. and, again, understanding range of motion stuff and, and all those things, right? And, but I was like, but I do want the back foot to get peeled off the ground sure. where it's going to turn, but I want it to be late. the timing of what happens and also I don't want it to be the driver I want the middle to be the driver like middle of my body which I always say is like slightly below my chest which is like the outer obliques down uh, that fascial sling that goes across the body inner obliques wraps around the knee and goes all the way down I'm like okay so but just below my butt Right. So it includes the pelvis yeah. and just below um, just below my chest, yeah. like the middle of my body, that creating my rotation, my legs being anchored like uh, Justin uh, Turner with the uh, Dodgers. Yeah. He talked Cal about State like,
1: fullerton alumni.
0: Yeah. He's like he's like, <laughs> I want my legs to be feel like a thousand year old uh, uh, trees just right. anchored. Right. Oak trees just anchored in the ground, which is I always thought of it like a, uh, a carousel. Right. Sure. The carousel rotates. But the middle right is and and the foundation that it's screwed and bolted down into the concrete stable so that the middle or the or the top right can rotate hard and i think
1: that's an interesting analogy for for somebody that's an elite athlete like him obviously Mm. he's a 0.001 percenter of hitters right so um and that's what we found quite a bit like you know, we know from Newton's laws. Newton's first law is inertia, right? Which mm. means motion doesn't happen without force. If yeah. I want to stop something from moving, or if I want to create something from moving, yeah. I need forces to happen first. Yeah. And what we've learned from the force plates is forces have to happen a lot earlier than you see anything on video ever. Yeah. So the forces have to happen really early, and so I noticed
0: that. With the, that's why I love the cameras with Swing catalysts right. as well, right? Because you see peak and peak, and then all of a sudden movement.
1: Then the movement, right? right. It's
0: always peak and peak and force. Yeah. Then the move, right? And I
1: think my my gut feeling to that feeling of feeling like anchored to the ground with a lot of like amateur players are not athletes anywhere close to what Justin Turner is. Yeah. You might move those forces really late Mm -hmm. for those types of people. So Mm. that's why it's difficult for him. It probably works great because his nervous system is unbelievably primed. He's one of the most elite athletes on the planet. Okay, cool. That'll work for him.
0: Well, I, I also talk about there though, what I, what I do with a lot of those guys is like, for example, I use, um, Yoga blocks. Yeah. Right? And I'll put guys on yoga blocks and I'll make them swing when they're on top of the yoga blocks yep. to teach them again. First off, I don't like, uh, uh, gaining new ranges of motion without motor control. Right. If I don't have stability in those ranges, yeah. then I don't want to just give them range of motion. Yeah. Right. So, because um, again, that's dangerous. Like right. These are elite athletes that create a lot of force, and totally. now you give them all this range of motion that they have no control over. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a problem. Right. So, when what I would do is again, I didn't know any of these things at the time. But I just knew that it worked. Right. Was I put guys on yoga blocks, and I'm like, hey, look, we're not trying to PR. I don't want to see your biggest thing. I just want you. Can you hit and stay on these blocks? Right. Right. And then so you're again, you're teaching those ranges of motion, the ankle ranges of motion, the hip ranges of motion all those things. And you're forcing them where they're not spinning with their lower legs or their knees, right? Mm-hmm. They're getting that rotation from the up, uh, their middle part of their body right. to create that rotation. And I say I think it's super important there again, like because if they do it the opposite way or they don't have that, they they come unplugged from the ground. Mm-hmm. So I I can no longer use the ground to create force, sure. and I come unplugged from my amp midway. Or maybe sometimes the most important part of my swing, right? I'm unplugged and I can't create any more sport force yep. where I'm literally losing speed. Right, into, as I'm yep. going into contact, right. where meaning like, um, you know, again, and there is a, you know, obviously, like just like, um, I loved your analogy you gave this on a on a different uh, a presentation where you're talking about how generally, right? You got horizontal, vertical, and then you'll see torque. Right. Uh, is that horizontal the
1: order? torque then vertical? Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Horizontal torque then vertical, right? Yeah. So with that process, I think I'm going to mess that up yesterday. So if anybody came to my presentation yesterday, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Whatever. yeah. So, um, yeah, how important, uh, how important that is, is that the same exact the same exact way is like, yes, there's an order w- within that. But again, if my bat was slowing down in the contact, uh, right. right? Like I want it at peak speed, right. When I'm making contact mm-hmm. with the ball so I can get that energy into the ball. Right. And, and I, I think that's where
1: your analogy with the bucket is really important. So mm-hmm. like, taking like you pushing into the ground with your feet as you dip in that bucket into the yep. ocean or whatever yep. into yep. the lake yep. and starting it up the chain mm-hmm. now we got ankles we got knees we got hips we got every cores, joint. we got shoulders yep. we got elbows we got wrists it has to get its way out to the bat eventually yeah and that's where all the way along some of that water can start leaking out Yep. um yep. and i like your analogy with like I, looking at pros because I've seen this before mm. looking at people on the PGA Tour if you're talking golf yeah. people in the Major League Baseball yeah. if you're talking baseball yeah. and saying oh we need to do that because that guy's yeah. in the pros he might be like the Justin Turner he might yeah. be this elite athlete Insane. that is spilling stuff all the way along but still yes. gets enough to the end because yeah, he's, be he's so good at. and it, it's not that you can't learn anything from him you right. just
0: you gotta be careful and not just yeah. make everybody do the same things and I always talk about this as well. I said this yesterday. I said, look, here's the thing. How many of you, with the kids that you're working with, yeah. how many of you are working with kid that is an elite athlete or an elite when it comes to strength, right? Right. Okay. And sometimes they're, you know, side by side. But sure. a lot of times there's guys that are absolute strength guys or, you know, power athletes, right? Yeah. Okay. And then there's some guys that are both, right? That have, you know, create a lot of strength yeah. and also too create a lot of power. Okay. Now, how many of you are working with guys like that? No. So a lot of 99 point, like with the math, right? Like 99.6% of these players are not that, right? 99.9% are those guys are not those guys are going to be the lead at those levels. Okay. So efficiency is going to be king for them because totally. they don't have a big bucket. Right. They don't have a big bucket of water so from the bottom, right? can't be spilling it all the no, way No, I can't be right? spilling it all the way along because the, by the time I get to contact, I'm like, dude, I didn't have a lot of water to start with yeah. and I didn't get a lot. I spilt it all the way there. So, you know, I'm terrible when it comes to contact. Yeah. Right. And then you have everything in between, right? Then you have the guys that are elite athletes but also are elite efficiently yep. and they can get the water all the way to the top yeah. and pour all that water out yeah. so it's like you and then you have everything you know where again you have a guy that's um really great athlete but it spills it the whole way right or you have a guy that's not a good athlete but is super efficient yeah. and then and you, got, you know and you know everything both in between yeah. yeah yeah
1: no it's uh it's an interesting problem to have and it's yeah. again it comes down to working out the variability of humans mm-hmm. Everybody's different and yeah. you have to have a way to assess a human and figure out what's optimal for them. For sure. And work towards that. And I like the, the MMA analogy, cause like, you know, you gotta learn karate first. Mm-hmm. Um, and in baseball like if you have the ability to move in a way to get to a certain pitch that's fine yeah but then you still got to recognize an MMA when that karate kick is necessary so when yep. the guy comes at you and he makes this move now yep. that karate kick is necessary for sure so you got to have that yep. and so and it's, that's
0: and that's why I think it's like the base things right there's certain things like at a base that I need sure. more to do where it's like for example like if you're gonna go in the MMA like immediately like if you go to like UFC and you're gonna train with those guys like they're gonna teach you Muay Thai yep. right and they're gonna teach you jujitsu, right as a base yeah right and then as a strikers, right, like strikers, like Muay Thai is known for striking. Jiu-Jitsu is known for ground game, right? Yep. And it's like, okay, those will solve a lot of problems for you. A majority of your problems, if you're really good at those things, those yep. will solve. Now, with that, right, when I want to fine-tune, right, and like you're saying, like, I might learn that kick, but it's that karate kick, but it might be way later in my career. Sure. Right? And again, maybe, again, I started as a karate guy. Sure. Right? Or maybe I started as, uh, you know, again, maybe I started as an American wrestler, right? Or maybe I started as a boxer, right? Right. And it's like, okay, well, that was my base. But when I go into these other things, like, okay, those are going to solve some problems. But also, that's how guys are going to attack you. Yeah. Right? And it's the same way as a pitcher. Well, that's, oh, you normally like to spin. You're like, again, you're creating, you know, just... You know, uh, torque just from your back leg and mm-hmm. you have no reciprocal force from your front leg yep. and you're just going to spin and you're going to you're gonna pull off balls. Okay, well, I'm going to attack you with sliders down and away yep. or pound you in with fastballs or you're going to hook them foul and then I'm going to bury a slider down and away and yep. I'm going to strike you out, yep. right? And that was me. Like, I was the guy who was like, okay, I did one or two things. I either pushed my hands and got super linear, right? Yep. And I created direction, but I lost a lot of power yep. or I spun, right? So then I would hook... I'd hook Jack's foul yeah. 450 feet and then the next pitch would be a slider in the dirt and I'd go sit in the dugout yeah. and, that, and, and that kept happening over and over again yeah. so that was like I was I would create a bunch of force and I would hit uh, I would have like over in junior college like over half my hits um, in, uh, in college in junior college were extra base hits right but I also was second in all of California in strikeouts hmm. right it's like huh, there's a correlation there right? right that like I have the power but I also am losing a lot of that and that efficiency is yeah. you know a, a big uh, proponent yeah of
1: that. that's good and I think That's where I've heard that some of the force plates are being used at the highest level Mm -hmm. is in analytics. Yeah. So if I know my hitters tendencies in terms of their forces, I can probably make some pretty good guesses about the pitches that they're going to be good at getting to and the pitches that they're not good at getting to.
0: I think that's like the start. I think that's like the most innovative way of utilizing, but I was like, but right. But like, and that's where I think it's going to and where it will be. But like, but at the time, like right now it's like, People are just still trying to understand basics of like forces, right? At yeah. the at the novice level, it's like, yo, like again. I was just yesterday I was just gave you that example. It's like all these people are like, you know, we all want to say ground reaction force, ground reaction. Okay, well, yeah, there's there's forces with an S, yeah, right. And then like, okay, what are those forces? right and there's more than one and also too it's not just me creating as much force as possible uh-uh. that all of a sudden that guy should be my elite guy it's like i have a ton of guys that create a ton of force in the yeah. ground and suck yeah right so it's not and also too that's not to say like okay i'm gonna go get a force plate and that's gonna be my nlb all, all and i'm gonna be all, i'm gonna be the best coach available no no. no no like this is a piece right of understanding the whole picture yeah. of what it takes that and that's the art right the mix 100%. of this having a little this a little and you that. gotta
1: have some movement because those forces in a in a body that has joints that don't move in a way or muscles that don't 100%. react to those forces properly, then, and I've always had golf teachers ask me, so is it the forces that create the movement or the movement that create the forces? And I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: both. It goes both right. ways. I, that's right. why like, it's like the same analogy for like uh, perception and action, right? Is it right. like, do you do you act because you perceive, or did you perceive because you act? Well, it's like. They're, it's all. Yes. It's, it's, it's it's all point yes. Yeah, they're all intertwining. Yeah. It's like as I'm perceiving, I'm moving. Yeah, right. And then as I'm moving, I'm perceiving. Yeah. like and I'm and I'm, they're both interwebbing with each other. Right. More and, and I more. think,
1: as I said before, I think if you're going to be a good coach. Mm-hmm. that stuff has to fire you up. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that problem solving that problem has to be like, Oh man, like you have to wake up every morning and yeah. be like, yeah, I got to get at this. And I'm I got to like, start I'm learning excited, more and yeah. I got to get this. I'm going. excited
0: that there's, I, I always say that like, it excites me that I don't know everything. Right. Right. It's like when I find new things that I'm like, Whoa, this is going to be a big unlock and I'm going to explode in this yeah. area. Well, like, Dude, that juices me up. Yeah. Like, I'm juiced about that. Totally. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's super important. Where rather the other side, because I, I get, I, I, from a psychology side, I think I get like a dopamine hit right. because I know what's on the backside of that. It's like working out, right? Sure. When I'm working out, it kind of sucks. Sucks. Right. But then I'm like, yeah, but I like, you know, getting in shape afterwards. Right. And also, too, afterwards, I get this dopamine hit of like, hey, I'm happy I did that yeah. and I'm going to be in better shape. But like, while you're actually doing it and broken down, like, that sucks. Yeah. You know, like, no, so, totally. so it's like that mindset. It's like, okay, as a coach, like, I'm going to work out. Like, that's why it's like, I love when I talk with guys like you is like, I get to go and, like, work out and, like, sharpen the blades and, sure. like, learn something I didn't know. Or, again, like, for example, like, deepen something that I thought I knew and it's like, oh, man, you know what? I actually got that out of order, those peaks out of order or right. what typically happens or I want to see, you know? That's like good.
1: And I think you you always come up with new cues or, like, if, mm-hmm. I, if you just think about torque a little differently, oh, yep. I wonder if I take this band mm-hmm. and I pull on them this way, what yep. might happen? Yep. And that's why I love, you know, a coach like you who has a force plate. You can literally get in there and pull on them and get them on the plate next. And you're like, wow, torque went up on this guy. That's cool. Okay, that's another tool in my toolbox. The next guy will come in and see you. You'll give him the same cue. Torque will go down. You're like, oh. And like, you know, a lot of golf teachers will be like, well, you told me that that, you know, drill increases torque. I was like, it's a tool in your toolbox. Yeah, it could. Put it in there. And the, but then it becomes recognizing when to use it. Colabello. And Just how to use in, it. Making an appearance, <laughs> making an appearance.
0: Hey, you might also too, you might have to restart these real quick too. I don't know if they stopped recording. Oh, we too. running out of time? Uh, at 30 minutes, yeah, I'm sure they did. So, yeah, no, I think it's super important. I got uh, We're going to have Stone roll up in here in uh, second two. But, right, uh, again, awesome. we're, we'll have to do part two and actually get into, again, like I said, we've been recording and we're going to consistently record, and I think it will really help baseball uh, by really getting into, like, forces and how those things are being created and actually give some visuals and, you know, all those. No, that's and awesome. We'll begin, and I think so. those little
1: Zoom meetings we do where you just yeah. show me some players and yeah. say, hey, we gave them this drill and this yeah. is how it changed. I mean, yeah. and bad. that's what, I mean, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm pretty confident about understanding the variability in golfers and yeah. how to how to you know, account for it and how to help every single golfer when they get on sure. the plate. Um, sure. And we're at the point now with baseball or with golf. So, I mean, I've been doing it for, I've been doing with swing catalysts for six years, seven years now. Mm. And before that I had done golf biomechanics for another, whatever, seven years before that. Mm. So like we're 14 years in and I'm kind of at the point where I think I could take any golf teacher, put the player on the yeah. plate and, and say, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. Perfect. This is how you can manipulate yeah. them. And, um, and so, you know, just to let you know for baseball, you know, we're, we're probably 20 years behind that in baseball, right? Yeah, like, agreed. cause baseball is so much more variability. Like yeah, the ball exactly. is just sitting there and golfing I, it I took say, us.
0: I say that all the time with like, when people are like, oh, pitching is ahead of hitting, I'm like, okay well hold on like you got a closed skill to an open skill sure. there's so many more variables it's not like hitting coaches are stupid it's just no. like, there's so much more like even scientists are behind on hitting 100%. compared to pitching it's yeah. like that they'll stu- they'll want to study something that's closed chain like that right sure. like way before they'll study something that has as many variables of hitting because like you can't come to any real conclusions
1: yeah no, you know it's true and, and like you say the i can't see doing a hitting study in a lab mm-hmm. setting because you'd yep. have to put the ball on a tee now it's not For realistic sure. and, exactly and so there's there's always that that when you do like lab-based studies, there's always that trade-off between do we want it to be realistic or do I want it to be controlled study? Yeah. Yeah. And there's never an answer. It's because
0: like it's hard to come to solid conclusions when you have that many variables in sure. science. It's and not that's hard. It's impossible. That's why I don't <laughs> like the peer. That's why another thing with the peer-reviewed stuff is like, well, I need all these variables to be cut down like so low. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, But then it takes well, away then, the practicability yeah, of then, it. Yeah. Then is it actually applicable if no. I take someone completely out of the environment? Is yeah. it really applicable to what I'm actually teaching? Right. Or is it only a small piece? And like, will we ever have data? If I'm waiting for that peer-reviewed study to come out, like, will that, that science ever come out? No if chance. If I'm waiting for that? It's like, that's what I think is the issues.
1: I agree i agree and I, I think you know you're an amateur scientist yeah That's like you get okay. no, into I, the lab I about that
0: the other day i'm like i'm a nerd man well you don't get <laughs> in the lab you get into your
1: facility yeah, and you yeah. like measure yeah. something and i you call try it something i call it my lab so yeah sure you, yeah. you measure something you try something you oh, look yeah. at the like so you're literally yep. every single day you're going creating a them. hypothesis you're going through the scientific method yep. you're like okay well you analyze something i think this is an issue yep. so you create a hypothesis well maybe this will fix it yeah and then what do you do you implement a method. Yep. And then you test your results, yeah. confirm or deny, and then yeah. you make your next hypothesis and you move hmm. along. And, and exactly, that's the scientific exactly.
0: method. Well, and, it's, and also too, I think that's important to say, like, it's not, the scientific method isn't reserved for only scientists <laughs> that I have a white coat on. It's like, it's like, no, I can use that same process. It's like, uh-huh, it's o- and it's okay. And like, I, again, like I, I love, I read textbooks. I love reading textbooks. Sure. Like it's, and when I was in college, I really didn't. Right. I just, now I do. Cause cause it wasn't applicable to It wasn't applicable. And now again, it's stretching me just enough to get to these. Yeah. And I think that's
1: where, I mean, some of the top coaches in golf, this guy named Sean Foley, who who was Tiger's coach a long time ago. He's mm. the same way. He he played golf in college. He said, I didn't give, I didn't care about school yeah. at all. Yeah. And then it was once I left school and I realized that this stuff is important to something yeah. I'm very passionate about, then he learned like everything. And, yeah. and I remember that one of the first times, well, we hung out a bunch, but like when I was started to do golf biomechanics work in California, he was coaching Tiger. So I went mm. to his tournament in uh, Thousand Oaks, California, and we were watching Tiger and we walked a whole 18 holes with Tiger. Mm. And so 18 holes, you know, Tiger Woods, all the people around, they probably took five, six hours. Yeah. And at the end of it, he looked at me and he's like, you know, Tiger went into the clubhouse to sign his scorecard or whatever. And he looked at me, he's like, so we just walked together for like six hours. And I was like, yeah. He's like, probably asked you about, what, 3,000 questions in those six hours? I'm Mm. like, yeah, give or take. Mm. He's like, you said I don't know to like 2,997 of them. (laughs) I'm like, because I don't. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not going to bullshit you, but I... I logged all those questions up here, and yeah. I've tried to start yeah. to figure them out yeah. in the last 14 years or whatever it's been. Sure. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you, and I think that's what coaches need to, yeah. you know, if somebody yeah. comes to you and you I don't know you the answer, met, there's know. no shame in saying I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but sure. let's figure it out.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, that's a good way to stop. So no, yeah, perfect, perfect. I appreciate you jumping on. I know we can awesome, it in the last Awesome, man. Let's keep it going. We got to learn. Lots
1: to learn. Let's keep rolling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And right, like I said, I have a presentation over with you guys later today. But no, appreciate you stopping by. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Bye.